0: Hey, it's Kate. Hey, it's Joanna. Do you like women who laugh like Roseanne? Do you like jumping in a pool full of lemon juice covered in paper cuts? Do you like loading a bowl at the end of a hard day? If you answered yes to one or more of these questions, you should listen to Butt Stuff on the Journey Into Comics Network. The following is a Journey Into Comics Network production. This is Literature, and I am your host, Joanna. Today we're going to talk about Edgar Allan Poe. Um, Poe's birthday is coming up this Friday, so why the hell not have a little bit more information about this poet? Oh, this is going to be bad. (laughs) I am currently in my polka dot socks. They are Edgar Allan Poe's face all over my socks, like polka dots, and I love them. I also poed myself another cup of coffee, and hopefully this intro was punny enough to persuade you to keep listening. Alright, so we're just going to start with a little bit of history on Edgar Allan Poe, which is probably a lot of information, but I'm mildly obsessed. So Edgar Allan Poe was born on January 19th of 1809 in Boston, Massachusetts, to Elizabeth and David Poe. However, Poe didn't really get to know his parents as his father left, his family, and his mother passed away from tuberculosis when he was three. Poe was then sent to live with John and Francis Allen in Richmond, Virginia. John Allen was a tobacco merchant, and needless to say, they were very well off. Poe went to the University of Virginia in 1826. However, John and Edgar did have their differences about money, so when Edgar didn't receive enough funds from John to cover all of his costs of living, he turned to gambling to try to make up the difference. Which didn't end as well as he had hoped, as he ended up in debt. Um, Poe then dropped out of his university within a year. Poe soon entered the military under a false name, Edgar A. Perry. However, his life change didn't diminish his love for writing, as he self-published Tamerlane and other poems. He did put by a Bostonian instead of using his real name, which was kind of funny, a little interesting. Um, Poe ended up getting out of the military three years early under the condition that he went to West Point Military Academy. Though within a year, he was kicked out of that as well. So we're kind of already seeing a string of bad choices leading to less than welcoming outcomes. In 1831, he was completely disowned by John Allen. So Edgar went to live with some relatives in Baltimore, where he also met his first love. Who happened to also be his 13-year-old cousin, Virginia Clem. So that's a fun fact. (laughs) Moving on from that, Poe was still writing, and he was average in that time. Um, He was a horribly starving artist, like most were, and he definitely wasn't as famous as he was today, but he was known. Um, Poe was making just enough to survive, and publishers were definitely okay with publishing all of his work, but they were a little less eager to pay him. Things started to look up, however, when Poe got a job working as a critic for the Richmond Newspaper. Poe continued to publish books such as The Tales of Grotesque and Arabesque, which included that horror style which we are so well accustomed to, and that's pretty much what most of us know him for today. Um, He also published The Murders in the Rue Morgue, which a lot of people say is the start of the detective fiction genre. Poe reached his peak of fame when, in 1845, his poem, The Raven, was featured in the Evening Mirror. However, regardless of all the attention Edgar was receiving, because of this, he was not making any extra money. All in the meantime, his wife-slash-cousin was dying from tuberculosis, which, if you recall from about two minutes ago, is also what his mother died from, so that's fun. In 1945, Edgar Allan Poe had a lot of love drama in his life on top of everything else. It was rumored that he was flirting with another poet, Francis Osgood, and he also had an admirer, Elizabeth Ellett. Poe didn't want anything to do with Elliot, however, he did not want her as a lover, a friend, he did not want her in his life whatsoever, he is disgusted by her entire existence. So, Ellet was very jealous of Osgood and threatened to expose the letters between Poe and Osgood and all this other crap. She was just nuts and jealous and over-the-top. Ellet herself was sending Poe many love letters, however, she obviously was not getting any responses from them because he just straight up was not fucking interested. So he had returned all of her letters, and in vengeance, Ellet decided to publicly humiliate Poe and said that all of these love letters were written by... Poe himself, to send to himself. With all of this crazy drama, Poe's wife died and all of this started him into another downward spiral. On September 27th, 1949, Poe moved to Philadelphia for an editing job where almost nobody heard from him. He decided to just drop off the face of the fucking earth. However, on October 3rd, he was found in a ditch in Baltimore in clothes that were not his and rambling a bunch of nonsense. Then four days later, on October 7th, 1949, he died. His last words were, Lord help my soul. As to what actually killed him, nobody really knows. It was said at the time that he died from congestion of the brain, as weird as that sounds. Um, Today, people speculate if his death was caused by alcoholism, rabies, epilepsy, carbon monoxide poisoning, you fucking name it. There's something about it, but we do not know how Edgar Allan Poe died. Even in death, Poe cannot escape any of the drama, as Rufus Griswold is the one who wrote his obituary, and coincidentally, that man also hated him. So just to kind of get into the obituary here, this was on the New York Tribune on October 9th of 1849. It reads, Edgar Allan Poe is dead. He died in Baltimore the day before yesterday. This announcement may startle many, but few will be grieved by it. And as you can imagine, the entire obituary is him just being bashed on. The drama did not end there, because in 1850, Griswold decided to publish a memoir of Poe that depicted him as a crazy drunk that used women and overall made him a shitty person in his memoir. Um, All he wanted to do was tear down down, ruined his reputation. However, as we all know, people love drama. So what really ended up happening was it made him more famous than he may have otherwise been. So there you have it, the very, very brief history of Edgar Allan Poe. Getting into some of Poe's work, let's discuss his inspiration for the Mask of the Red Death. This story follows Prince Prospero's. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, and his attempts at avoiding the horrendous plague known as the Red Death by hiding in his abbey with many other wealthy individuals. They have a masquerade ball that is moving from room to room during this story. The plague is depicted as being one bloody son of a bitch. Just to give you a little bit of an idea here, this story reads, Blood was its avatar and its seal, the redness and the horror of blood. There were sharp pains and sudden dizziness, and then profuse bleeding at the pores with dissolution. The scarlet stains upon the body, and especially upon the face of the victim, were the pest ban, which shut him out from the aid from his sympathy of his fellow men. The whole seizure, progress, and termination of the disease were in the incidence of half an hour. As you can probably recall from earlier, both Edgar's mother and wife died from tuberculosis, but as far as the bloodiness of this tale, it is said that Virginia's lungs hemorrhaging and then bleeding from her mouth is what really inspired the whole idea of the Mask of the Red Death and how bloody it was, but there's also a lot of debt poverty and alcoholism that seem also come up in the story as well. I'm gonna end this episode with some of my favorite quotes instead of going into all of the symbolism and Poe's work as I feel it'd be a little bit more entertaining to add some of his work to my upcoming book club and send everybody home with some Poe work if you will. The Poe puns need to stop, I know. So let's just get into those. The boundaries which divide life and death are at best shadowy and vague. Who shall say where the one ends and the other begins? And that is from The Premature Burial, which I believe was published in 1844, I probably should have fact-checked that. (laughs) Don't take my word for it. Next I have... Words have no power to impress the mind without the exquisite horror of their reality. And that is from the narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym of Nantucket. Next I have... All that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream. And that is from a dream within a dream. Next I have... Men have called me mad, but the question is not yet settled whether madness is or is not the loftiest, loftiest intelligence, whether much that is glorious, whether all that is profound, does not spring from the disease of thought, from moods of mind exalted from the expense of the general intellect. And that is from his story, Eleonora. Next I have, I have great faith in fools, self-confidence, my friends call it. And that is from Marginalia. Another one from that same tale is, If you wish to forget anything on the spot, make a note that this thing is to be remembered. And let's be honest, that is pretty much true for all of us. Next I have, There are chords in the hearts of the most reckless, which cannot be touched without emotion. And that is from The Mask of the Red Death. And I'm going to end there with the quotes, as I could probably go on all day with that, and I'm sure nobody wants to listen to that. So that marks the end of this episode. If you are interested in joining the Literature Podcast Book Club, send a message my way and we will figure out when that all gets started. If you did not listen to my last podcast, a friend and I are doing a deep look into Harry Potter one book at a time. Um, We are going to be asking the real wizarding questions that we've all been wondering If you have a topic you would like us to discuss on from Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone, if you're from anywhere but America, please send a message my way and we might put it on the show. If you are not already following my social media, you can find me at Literature Podcast, no spaces, no punctuation, on Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. Okay, now we are officially at the end of the episode. Bye.